0: to find me in a book. This podcast is meant to be like you're talking to your best friend about romance books. I share my passion with those who love to read, those who don't have time to read, or those that don't like to read, but still want to know and be involved with book conversations. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hi everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. Um, Thanks for listening to my little podcast. If you're new here, if you are a return listener, welcome again. I'm so happy that you all are here and I'm excited to talk about this book, which I feel like I say every single week, but just know that uh, the books that make it onto the podcast, I enjoy for the most part anyways. We've had a couple that I've been like, oh my gosh, like this has been a lot, Um, but I make sure to tell you guys, like I make sure to be pretty upfront with it. And I've done previous uh, Tessa Bailey episodes before. Um, she she has a lot of books out there. Um, I haven't read any of like her old old books. The first time I read one of her books, it was Window Shopping. I want to say. Oh, really? Was that? No, 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 no. That wasn't the very first one. Um, The first one was It Happened One Summer um, with like the Bellinger sisters. Um, I read that one and then I read the second one right after it, which is Hook, Line, and Sinker. Um, I did do an episode on that, which is episode 27. I read those before I started the podcast, I want to say, because I did on episode 30, three I think is or episode four is window shopping by her and that one was super great and then um, I did one of her series um, the hot and hammered series which has three books uh, I did the first one on that which is episode 14 and then I don't think I did Oh, I don't think I did an episode on the ones that she just came out with the with the wine family like the secretly yours unfortunately yours. I I think I know I for sure have talked about them but I don't think I did an episode on them just because like they were good but they just weren't my favorite. I don't know just something about them that they just they didn't feel like her vibe I guess. And I just, I don't know, I read them and I was like, yeah, I just kind of passed them off. I didn't think another thought about them. And so when this book came out, I was really excited because, I mean, I'm willing to read any of her stuff just to read it. And this book, honestly, is my favorite out of all the books that she's, she's wrote. Honestly, it is literally my favorite one. And I'm excited because there's gonna be a second book and it comes out um, in July. And we'll talk about the characters in this. And the second book is about the best friend of um, Josephine, who's the main female character in this book. You kind of see like a little snippet of her her friend uh, Tulula, which Tulula, the second book is gonna be about her. And it just kind of gives you like this teaser in this first book that you're like, okay, I cannot wait for uh this second book which we'll talk about in a little bit talking about tessa bailey if you've read her books before she gets pretty spicy it was surprising with this one it was very spicy i would say like a 3.5 maybe 4. it's not as spicy as she usually has done Um, It's not as descriptive, which I feel like, let's see, It Happened One Summer, Hook, Line, and Singer, those were really spicy, but they weren't, like, really a descriptive spicy. The Fix Her Up series, that one was really spicy. It it got, like, pretty descriptive, and then I think I've talked about it on the podcast, um, but she has one that's kind of like a a thriller almost. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I did read her series, The Romancing the Clarksons. I think I only read the first book of that one. Um, That one, that one was good. I just, I don't know. I mean, it was pretty spicy. Um, I didn't continue on that series. I just, I don't know. I didn't, it wasn't my favorite. So that's why. Dang it, where is it? But it's basically like, um, he's like a, a detective or like a private investigator and she is staying in, like, the vacation home next to uh, the house that there was a murder in. And she, like, tries to help him, like, solve this murder. And I really like it. It's, it has, like, a lot of comedy in it. Um, but that one, I think, has been the spiciest one that I've read from her. Um, yeah, it's called My Killer Vacation. That one is, is really spicy. So, um, But this today, this book, I loved Absolutely loved. And it was released last week. This one, like, I could almost categorize it as a slow burn. Like, it had so much tension. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, every, I had a big smile on my face the whole time. Like, it was funny. It was, it had the best romance, the best tension. The, like, and, Another thing that I I liked about this book is the main male character, he falls first and it's very, like, he's pretty vocal about it and, like, how he feels towards her. What, something that was kind of confusing about this book, though, is, like, the point of view. It had both point of views, but it wasn't, like, very clear when it switched to the other person. Like, usually um, in a lot of books, like, the chapter is when it switches, and then they have, like, their name at the top of the chapter. But sometimes it would, like, switch mid-chapter, and then sometimes it was, like... Actually, this was mostly a third, like, a third-person point of view where um, it wasn't, like, I did this or I did this. And maybe that's why it switched the points of view, which, I don't know, it was was just kind of confusing to know who was talking during that time so and maybe it was just me like I I just kind of got confused but everything other than that like absolutely loved and one part that I did love this and I read this at the very end I like to read Tessa Bailey's like notes and dedications and everything like that that she dedicated this book to her daughter because this main character Josephine she has type 1 diabetes and uh, Tessa Bailey's daughter has type 1 diabetes so she said This book is dedicated to my daughter and also anyone out there without a working pancreas, but it's not a book about type 1 diabetes in the same way people with type 1 diabetes are about so much more than the condition. This is a love story with a side of insulin. And she really like brings that into the story without like, yeah, a lot of attention on it. Um, But it, it was just very well done and very smooth. And so it didn't seem like just a clunky addition into the story. Like, You genuinely cared about Josephine and Wells, like the main male character, he doesn't know anything about type one diabetes. And so, which we'll get into in a a little bit, but he like genuinely is like, what do I need to do? How can I take care of you? And he becomes that person. And I, I absolutely loved it. I loved both of these characters so much. There wasn't any part of this book that I was like, okay, that's kind of annoying or, oh, why did they do that? Like each part of this book each character each storyline each conflict like it was literally so good it was so good I highly highly recommend this book to everyone actually not my mom and sister which (laughs) mother sister standard that I talk about with every book I don't think that they would like it just because again it's not their the genre that they like it's not like the time period that they like so it but if i were to recommend to someone that loves contemporary loves like the 3.5 four out of five spice this is the one that i am going to recommend to anyone who wants one of those like it's my go-to now incredible again so much tension um that it, it i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's technically a slow burn but for Tessa Bailey, it is. Because usually within the first, like, 10 chapters, spice is happening. But with this, it was, like, 50% through the book that things started happening. Like, the action started happening. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of strange for her. Um, but it was because there was so much tension that you're like, can they please just do something? It was It was so good. Okay. So now that I've kind of ranted and raved about how good this book is, let's get into it. Josephine, she is a ride-or-die fan of Wells. Wells Whitaker is a golf pro. He he loves golf. He has gone through a lot in his life, which we're going to talk about Josephine first. In her mind, um, she has these three qualities in that she says someone must possess to... Make an impact as a fangirl, basically. Number one is enthusiasm. Like, let them know that you're there. Otherwise, blend into the polo shirts and khakis like everyone else. Number two is persistence. Skipping tours, um, like the tour stops in your home state, isn't an option. Fangirls show up and they show out. And number three is bring sna- snacks. Apparently, food at golf courses are really expensive. And no one is cheering after shelling out like $14 for a hot dog. So those are her three top qualities of a fangirl and she is his number one she has been a fan of him for about five years now and she entered this competition for a lunch and lessons with him and she won I'm um, she did enter 61 times so she made sure that she did win um, but it's funny because she doesn't actually need lessons like her dad owns a golf course in Florida which is where they're located and she grew up in the golf world. Like, she is basically a pro herself. She knows the ins and outs. She gives lessons to people at the golf course. Like, she is just, she's in that world. Um, but she's just been a fan of of Wells. And so she's like, I, I have to talk to him. I have to be there. Um, and then now we go to Wells. He is not loving golf anymore. Um, he had a rough childhood. So he was around 12 when his parents decided that they wanted to go work on a cruise ship. So they left him with his uncle when he was, when he was 12 um, to go and do that. And so they would be gone nine months out of the year. When they did come back, they would party and just not take care of him. And they just never gave him the time. And his uncle tried to raise him. It was really rough. And so that's when Wells started to get in trouble and just kind of became like a delinquent. And so when he was 16, he got in trouble. Um, and the judge was like, hey, you, I'm going to send you to juvie or you need to get a job. And so that's when Wells got a job at one of the golf courses. And between his time of stealing from people's lockers and doing all that, he um, took one of the golf clubs and hit a 300-yard swing or whatever. And one of the I don't know if he's like the owner of the golf course that where they were at or just like a very high up guy in the golf community. He saw him hit that and took him under his wing and gave him all these basically like golf opportunities. And so he moved up pretty quickly in the golf world. And he still like from his childhood, he has this kind of thought process that he didn't need anybody like he was used to people leaving him and so if he lets them down first then it'll be okay like he doesn't understand people's support he especially doesn't understand Josephine's support like no matter what he did so the past couple years he's actually really like gone down in his performance and just everything and so he's lost the support of basically all his fans and this Buck Lee guy that like brought him under his wing, like he basically said, like, "I'm done with you." Um, his like manager basically said, "I'm done with you." Um, and so he has a lot of self-doubt. And I don't think that there was a particular instance that really like started his downfall. It was just kind of a combination of everything. and he got in his head, and so he just started to fail at these, different golf courses and scoring and everything like that. And so he's basically given up on himself and he doesn't want to continue to love golf anymore, but was so what, but what was so like kind of heartwarming about this though, is that he knows Josephine, like he, he has seen her the past like five years. She's been behind the ropes for the past five years and he keeps coming back to golf. For her, Like, he doesn't want to disappoint her. He doesn't know anything about her. He just knows that she's been his fan for the five years, and, and he just doesn't want to disappoint her. And so she is there. Like, she is behind the rope. And um, a little bit more about her. We, we talked about the, the type 1 diabetes. She was diagnosed at age six, and her, her parents basically become, like, helicopter parents just to make sure that uh, she is taken care of, taken her health, like, into consideration, just... Wanting to make sure that he she is the safest, like they seem like beautiful, like amazing parents for her. She is around 26 years old, and her dad has retired from his golf course, so she's taken over. And the golf course hasn't done very well, and so she's had to forego like her own private medical insurance so that she could afford the monthly rent on the Golden Tee, which is the golf course, um, because things haven't gone well. And so she, I mean, there's um. A tournament there in Florida so of course she's there for Wells and he does terrible and he goes up to her and he's like why are you here like what are you doing here and she's like I won this dinner or and lessons like I'm so excited to talk to you like I have some pointers for you. Like I have all these ideas. And he's like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. He like says her name. Like she's never introduced herself. But of course he knows who she is. She's his number one fan. Um, And he just like leaves the tournament. Like he doesn't say anything to anyone, doesn't complete the tournament. He's like, I'm done. I can't do this. And she is just, like, really disappointed and just is having a hard time. Um, A hurricane comes in. I don't know the timeline between this tournament and the hurricane, um, but it comes in, and it completely wrecks this golf course. And right after the hurricane, like, passes through, Wells is actually, like, thinking about her. He's, like, worried for her. And so he is able to figure out this golf course that she is at, Like her parents golf course and he goes over there and he finds her and and the of course like the building is completely wrecked like she just doesn't know what to do and he's like hey like I was just in the neighborhood kind of makes up this lie um, just so that he can like talk to her to see if she's okay Um, because I mean for some reason he's worried about her and he's like oh the the insurance will help and she tells him her situation that like actually there's not going to be any insurance because I had to use that money for my insulin and then I had to like not do my um, like health insurance because I had to pay this month so basically they're kind of screwed over and for some reason Not for some reason, but he like feels for her. He doesn't know why he's drawn to her. Um, She kind of gives him a little bit of pointers of what he could do for his golf game. And um, he's like, you know what? If I can get back on this tour, like why don't you put your money where your mouth is and caddy for me? Like since you know so much um, and you need the money, like come and work for me. And you can, you'll have the money to pay for all the damages. And if I win the masters, like at the end, I'll split it with you. Like you'll get this percentage. And so she's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't really have anything to lose. Like I need this money to start this reconstruction and make this place better. And I can't tell my parents that I canceled like the, the insurance to build the place back up. Like I need this. And so that's when um, Wells goes to Buck Lee to basically grovel and say, like, please, like, let me back on this tour. And he's like, why? Like, you've basically screwed yourself over the past couple of years. Like, why should I let you? And so he tells him a little bit about Josephine um, and about her situation. And he's like, oh, so like maybe this could be like a comeback for you. Like maybe. Like, this might help you. Like, we've never really had a a woman caddy before. Like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Um, And he's like, but you, I mean, you don't have any sponsors left. Like, you basically, this is your last chance. And Wells is like, I know, I understand. Like, I want to do this for her. And so you just love their relationship from the very beginning. Like, their friendship, how they react to each other. She's so funny and witty. But he's also witty in his own way in like a serious grumpy matter, which we all know I love a grumpy sunshine. Um, And everyone is so fascinated by them, too, because she is like the only woman as a caddy in this tournament or even in like the industry um, where they're at anyways. And so they're just fascinated. and, And he immediately changes his game like he is doing incredible, like she is helping him. Uh, She helps control his temper. She helps focus him. Um, He starts to do media again, and she is there for him. Like, and he empowers her. It's not just like a one-way street. Like, he is helping her, um, and he actually has a great relationship with her dad. Like, he calls her dad, like, every day um, and talks about golf, and then he slowly, like, kind of filters in, like, questions about her so that he can get to know her, like, through her dad. And her dad knows this game. Like, he knows, like, what Wells is doing. And so he's just a great dad and is, like, playing along. Um, And he is like, hey, how do I take care of her with her diabetes? Like, how can I help her? And it just, like, there's so many, like, soft spots and, like, warm moments in this book that you're like, oh, he is just so... He's just so good. He's just so kind. Like, he genuinely cares about her. And um, it's so good. Like, And so she kind of opens him up a little bit more to figure out, like, why, like, the downturn of, like, his career. And he's like, you know what? If golf is going to make or break me, I'd rather break it first. And so that's basically his whole thing throughout his life. Like, because it'll be on his terms and he has the control. And so she helps him understand that and helps him kind of, like, change his mindset about it and one of the things that I literally was like smiling so so hard is that there's this moment that because he's doing so well um, and they everyone is kind of obsessed with her as well and how she's changed him um, they get the sponsorship from Under Armour and so they lay out like all these clothes for them and she knows because she's been his biggest fan she knows exactly the color that he's going to go for for this shirt and so she like is like okay like you pick your outfit I'll pick my outfit like we'll turn around so we can't see and then we have this we will have this deal where we can't change our clothes after this like we just wear what we wear and so she makes it and so they're matching and I loved it because I love matching the husband doesn't like matching I love matching it's my love language. I don't know what it is. I just love it so much, um, especially when it's, like, not intentional. Absolutely loved it. So he starts winning these tournaments, and he, like, gives her all this money. She starts the renovations. It's just going extremely well. Um, but there's also this unspoken conversation that they know that they need to have, and because once the shop is fixed and, like, the course is fixed, she will probably leave his side. Because, I mean, that's the only reason, like, in the beginning why she was caddying for him was because to get this money to fix up the course. Like, that's her goal. That's her dream. And so pretty much at the very end before he goes to this master's, um, the course is, like, set to open. And they have to open for these investors. And so he fires her. Um, but he says like, Hey, I'm firing her, but I'm not firing you as my girlfriend. I, I love you. And cause he's the one that, that falls for her first. And so, um, they kind of go through this little heartache and then she's there for him at the very end. And it's just so perfect. Like, to be honest, and I hardly ever say this, I want to start rereading this book immediately because I loved it so much. I love these characters so much and that's why I'm also so excited for the second book because I just loved these characters so much and the the characters in the second book so we meet Tallulah a little bit in this first book she is a marine biologist and um was doing some like uh I don't, I don't think experiments. She was on an expedition in Antarctica um, for research. And so she was there for like a year basically and, and just calling um, with Josephine. And so when there's a point that Josephine has her birthday and so uh, Wells surprises her and brings Tallulah there for the day. Um, And they're actually in California for this tournament. And that's where um, a friend of Wells's is, is, where they're kind of like, they don't want to admit that they're friends, but they kind of are. And he's a hockey player and like a pro hockey player. And he just barely got custody of like his 11-year-old daughter. And he doesn't know how to like be a father or be a girl dad, basically. And so they meet at this dinner And he, like, basically immediately hires her to be the uh, au pair. I don't really know how to say that, but basically au pair. Did you say? Au pair. The husband corrected me. Au pair. Um, And to help while he's gone a lot. And she's so excited. Um, And so in, like, the next month, she will be coming back from her expedition, and she will be moving to Boston in his apartment. And so we have, like, a close proximity trope, it sounds like. Um, It also sounds like it's going to be another, like, grumpy sunshine. So I am immediately going to pick up that book. But this one, incredible. Absolutely incredible. We'll be, like, recommending to everyone. Um, Excited about it. I also picked up... um, Okay, so I realized that I still haven't done an episode on Nightbane, which is the second book of Lightlark. I I literally realized that today. And so I will be putting that on the schedule. Also, um, I haven't started reading Bride yet because I want to do a live stream, which, P.S., I did one live stream. um, At the beginning was rough. Like, I had technical difficulties. And then I wasn't able to do one on Sunday because I had family in town. So this Wednesday, I'm going to try and do another one. And that's where I'm going to learn all about the Omegaverse so that I can start reading Bride by Allie Hazelwood. Um, I also finally picked up Pucking Around by Emily Rath. I think that it's a reverse harem or like two guys, one girl, maybe. Um, So I'm not sure about it. But because it's been so popular, I'm like, I think I probably need to do a different like trope or a different kind of like romance book um, in my episodes So I'm going to try and read that this week. And then up next is also Girl Abroad by Elle Kennedy because she is just incredible. Still haven't started Assistant to the Villain. That one's going to be coming up. The Ever Queen as well. That one's going to be coming up. Just lots and lots of books that I'm just putting on my schedule, you know, Um, but exciting things are coming. So um, yeah, just definitely stay tuned. Definitely hit the follow button wherever you are listening to this episode. Definitely, yeah, follow, subscribe, like, rate, review this episode. I highly appreciate it, and it helps me out. How it helps me out a lot. So, anyways, I appreciate you guys, and I hope you have a great week. And definitely, um, like, tune into the live stream on Wednesday on Twitch. Um, it's just find me in a book podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about books and I'll be learning all about the Omegaverse. So I'm kind of nervous, but kind of excited. So anyways, I will talk to you guys later.